Hello and welcome to another episode of The Imprint Companion, the companion podcast to Imprint Films, a boutique, a boutique, a boutique Blu-ray, I should say, label here in Australia. I would say they specialize in bringing the video store experience to life in the physical form once again. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos, and joining me as always to discuss these blues is my blues brother himself, Mr. Blake Howard. Oh my God. How did we miss calling this podcast the Blues Brothers? I don't know how we missed it. It's one of yep. my deepest regrets. Thanks for airing as it out for all of I our listeners. As soon as I thought it, I want to crack my head open. <laughs> this show may be back next year with a new title, Lex, <laughs> it's... So outstanding to talk to you. Uh, uh, yeah, look, Imprint truly uh, now, especially in this November kind of strange and wonderful uh, decades of horror examination, um, has got some crackers. And you can totally tell that you can almost hear the guys at Imprint being that video store clerk who's like, oh, now that you've done this, have you seen this and I, I almost time. feel like every one of these films that we're going to cover in this uh, couple of episodes of the November Batch are like that. This episode, our first episode of our November 2021 Imprint Batch, we're going to be covering Body Parts, The Gift, and last but most certainly not least, Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Now, Lex, you've caught up with Eric Red's underrated 90s horror classic body parts i haven't seen it yet tell the lovely folks listening after you've spun this disc taking it for a test spin tell us about everything we need to know about body parts Nothing to worry about. Everything's going to be just fine. You lost your arm in a car accident yesterday. We've transplanted another arm for you. How does it feel to have someone else's arm? Dad, it's sort of gross. Well, it's not how it looks, it's how it works, right? I think there's something the matter with me. Oh! something wrong with the person he used to belong to you have this guy's arm you don't have his personality i want you to run my prints any past record i had would show up on the printout right you put a killer's arm onto my body and you didn't tell me that arm can't do anything you don't want it to how do you know that I flipped for this flick. I um, had only recently become familiar with it because uh, the great Elric Kane from the Pure Cinema podcast uh, was talking about it on Screen Drafts, a show that you and I very much love and have been on ourselves yes. uh, as part of like their body horror episode. And he kept pushing for this one. And I had never really heard of body parts, but it put it on my radar. And lo and behold, seeing that imprint disc come in the mail, it of course was going to be the one I was going to chuck on first. <laughs> uh, 
I think people, uh, listeners of this show in particular, would be familiar with the plot of this film without ever having uh, encountered it in any way before because it has permeated through pop culture in the way that we do know best, which is the freaking Simpsons. <laughs> and this, the plot of this movie is basically a very respected uh, person in like the psychology field um, who like talks to killers and criminals and stuff like that uh, in prison. He uh, loses his hand in some kind of disastrous event. And as you do, uh, he gets a new hand through the experimental, uh, <laughs> experimental medical procedure. He receives a new hand via donation. Um, then shit starts getting strange <laughs> because this hand once belonged to a serial killer, oh, and he believes so the hand is infecting his being and wanting to kill. And he ends up meeting other people that have also received this transplant procedure from the body of this serial killer. And they all start noticing some kind of weird things going on with their new appendages. Um, it is a ripping romp <laughs> in the kind of like splattery body horror genre. I would probably put this less akin to your Cronenbergs and more in the realm of like your reanimators and stuff like that. Yes. It's a splatter film first and foremost. Um, and it has some really tantalizing, exciting, practical body horror effects of not just like how, what the limbs look like when they're attached, but um, in the kind of medical procedure elements of it and like the way they kind of set design the medical procedures are very, very cool. And... This movie has one of the most perfect actors that should, of course, be cast in this movie. In a supporting role, we have Brad Dourif. Oh, uh, my God. And I am certain I would put my hand on my heart without ever having researched it. They would have definitely approached him to play the serial killer. But he plays a fairly innocent artist in this movie. But it's important that he's there. That's what I think it is. It's important that Brad Dourif is here in this film. Um, I had such a ripping time with this. Oh, this sounds and so it fun. Would definitely be like right in the pocket of that video store era uh filmmaking that we're talking about uh there's also a great interview on there with director and co-writer eric red uh that's contemporary from now uh, i mean modern uh i think it's it's a really fun addition and if you like that kind of like the video store vibe of imprint this is an easy one for me to say. Just pick it up. Look, if we actually owned a video store, I would want an entire segment of the store dedicated to severed limb cinema. You know, like mm. severed limb, reattach, horrific yes, things. Empire ensue. Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. Pride of place in there. <laughs> you know it's I mean? not in sci-fi or fantasy or adventure. We're putting in severed limbs. Severed limbs. Um, get the Phantom Menace in there. Don't leave out Darth Maul now for our other Star mm -hmm. Wars geeks of the prequels. Yeah, but, exactly. but I just... Like when you started talking about it, it's funny. Elric has now spoken about that on multiple podcasts because he's on um, also on the new Beverly Pure Cinema podcast. And this year wrapping up, I think maybe he deep dived on body severing, body replacement genres. Um, and there was a particular serial killer in another movie he recently mentioned that was like lopping off the arms of these people uh, in, yeah. in his in his crew. I and, did just listen to that as well. And it's, so <laughs> it's so funny you said this. This sounds right up my alley. And like, 
I mean, talk about a movie that does what it says on the tin. You get possessed by a phantom limb and it starts taking over your world and your life with the spirit of or the evil spirit contained therein. I mean, that's just tip top. That's perfect. Like, that's exactly what we need. Man, I wish I'd watched this. I'm so excited to check it out. And look, I love all of these reflective interviews and I would love to really deep dive um, with the actors and with Eric Red about like the legacy of these kind of things. And and I think there's also an audio commentary as well by Lee Gambin, mm. who's another film historian about, I think, this genre too. So I'm excited to check that out. That is a cracker, Lex. I've got to check that Absolutely. out. Absolutely. From, from your... Uh, description of body parts, which I consider to be a gift on this show. Let's transition <laughs> to a film called The Gift. In a small southern town. Oh, baby! Oh, my God, Mama, but I like it. I ain't got any left, though. In the quiet heart of Hatcher County. It's about this time last year his daddy passed away. He's still real messed up over it. There are no strangers. You're not that Wilson that's a fortune teller, are you? I don't call myself that. You think we'll live happily ever after? There are no secrets. What's that? You see something bad? Which is directed by none other than the incredible Sam Raimi and is written, co-written in fact, by Billy Bob Thornton. If you haven't seen it, it is the early 2000s thriller has a cast that is simply unfathomable looking at it um, now in 2020 believable there's not an unrecognizable <laughs> face in this movie no every single part is just filled out with incredible people academy award-winning kate blanchett academy award-winning hillary swank keanu reeves katie holmes giovanni rabisi oscar nominee also greg kinnear from as good as it gets I mean, it is just, there are so many people in this movie, mm -hmm. so many familiar faces. And One of my favorite character actors of all time, Michael Jeter, pops up yes. as uh, a attorney. Uh, we've got Gary Cole. We've got freaking J.K. Simmons. Everyone's in this movie. It's so good. And it's like before J.K. Simmons. Like, J.K. Simmons doing a J.K. Simmons role before everyone knew what a J.K. Simmons role was. Mm -hmm. 2000, if you haven't heard of it, basically there is a... Local fortune teller, single mom, played by Kate Blanchett. She sort of plies her wares, helping her local community as best she can, guiding them through their lives. One particular incident happens where kind of uh, the town's beautiful couple, you know, the the if you like the the JFK and Jackie of this absolutely dirtbag swamp town, played by Greg Kinnear and Katie Holmes, who Katie Holmes is God. the... Have they have they played those characters? In, I think he <laughs> Greg Kinnear has definitely played JFK, and Katie Holmes would be a great freaking ja Jackie. O. Jackie, I stumbled onto that one. But look, Greg yeah. Greg Kinnear is the school principal. Katie Holmes is uh, the one of the wealthy uh, homeowner landowners in that area's daughter, and she mysteriously goes missing. And Kate Blanchett's fortune teller is the person who feels like she can sort of find what's going on in this situation. She helps to discover her body and believes that, uh, in fact, Keanu Reeves, who's a sort of wife-beating absolute shitbag, kind of the anti-Neo. This is him, like, having an antidote yeah. to all of the Matrix stuff and jumping into something more dramatic. Um, she believes that it's him, and she has to help uncover this mystery and Katie Holmes's character's spirit from beyond the grave, helping her guide to who the who the real perpetrator is and look it's it's just like 
so stacked with talent. It's just shocking that this kind of like gritty tale, you're like, what is it about it? And looking back on it, it's just truly middle American small town color. Like you can just tell that the, almost the supernatural elements that are in this are so, uh, you know, they're almost like trivial in the context of the town. What is actually really fascinating is the machinations of this town, the incestuous nature of it, how people get around. And I genuinely think the only way to make this movie better would be if Billy Bob Thornton played every male character in the movie. Like if you just Mm. got him, I feel like after he wrote it, I feel like he should have been every single character. He definitely yeah. could have been the dirtbag Keanu Reeves character. He could have been Greg Kinnear's character in a his sort of more sweet he role. He could probably be Giovanni. Could have been Rabisi. Giovanni. Yep, could have been at all. And so that's the only way to improve it. I had a really good time with it. Lex, I know you and I both hadn't seen this since damn 2000. Coming back to it, fine one, right? Totally. Yeah. I'd never seen it before. Oh, my God. All. Never seen it before. This is a first-time watch for me. Uh, I think it's a good screenplay. I think it's a great cast, but I think it's Raimi's direction that kind of brings everything together in an interesting way. Yes. I love the way that he kind of folds in visions and there's like a slow southern quality to it at points. Uh, I think Billy Bob's screenplay is really good and apparently it's based on his experiences. Like his mother was... uh, clairvoyant of some kind of regard um and that's what kind of like inspired this screenplay so i think it was one that he was pitching around the same time as sling blade was coming out and it kind of got picked up before then uh kate blanchett is fantastic in it it looks beautiful it's a good little fun weird kind of horror infused thriller drama um I, i i had a lot of fun watching this movie there is a terrific special feature. This is one I have to shout out. Christopher Young did the score for this movie. Christopher Young mm, is an extremely talented uh, composer. Uh, he, I think, is responsible for one of the greatest horror scores I've ever heard, which is the score for Sinister, uh, which I is, love that movie. is a terrific movie starring Ethan Hawke. Um, and it's just one of the great contemporary horror films. And Christopher Young's score is... One of the most wildly, uh, I don't know, intoxicating atmospheric scores I think I've ever heard. So hearing him chat at any time, I was like, man, give me any Christopher Young content as a real film geek. Um, but no, this was this is a fun one. Again, this is peak video store. It's like prestige horror, proto-prestige horror. And I, there is just no way any film, even if you had $100 million, could afford all of these actors today to be in no this way. movie. And so that's what's so special. And, and Sam Raimi you know, around this time is making movies like Spider-Man and things like that. So it's, Mm -hmm. he's, he's, it's a monstrous ensemble of talent. And so, yeah, really cool that it's finally getting a little bit of love. Yeah, absolutely. It's a winner. I'm glad that this is in here. I'm glad I could finally get to it. Now, finally, let's wrap this up with John D. Hancock's let's scare Jessica to death. Calling on all the spirits of everyone who's ever died in this house. Jessica. Paramount Pictures presents Let's Scare Jessica to Death. You got a chance to see this one. I have never seen it. Another one that I'm I'm wanting your effusive uh, or, or warning, your effusive gush or your warning that maybe it's not something for me. 
I don't know if it's something for you, to be honest. Mm. But this is the film of the batch. Whoa, 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 whoa. In my opinion. I think that this is a really excellent film. It hits a sweet spot for me. I like my folk horror films. And I didn't know this was going to be a folk horror film, but it kind of gets into that realm of uh, the idea of uh, that feeling of like you're on the edge of a nervous breakdown. Yes. That I think is so key to the folk horror element of being... Uh, swept up into a new world or an old world rather mm. as you are a new person entering it. Um, this is by John D. Hancock, a filmmaker that I am not really familiar with. I've only seen one other movie, which is Prancer and Bang the Drum Slowly. So I've seen two movies, but Bang <laughs> the Drum Slowly... No, it's not a TV movie. In my head, I thought I was getting confused with Brian's Song, another sports movie of the era. Um, but... Bang the Drum Slowly, the breakout performance of Robert De Niro. I've so I've seen those. I didn't know this was going to be a horror film, um, except for the title, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that he would delve into that kind of area. And this is features a once in a lifetime performance by Zora Lampert as the titular Jessica, wow. who has just been released from a mental ward. Her husband and their friend decide to move out together to uh, a rural area to this town. So she can kind of like relax a little bit more, escape uh, whatever she's escaping from. And when they arrive in their new home, there's a woman living in the home already who assumes the place is abandoned. And, uh, but then they end up getting a really long well with this young woman. They're around the same age and she like ends up living with them. They end up doing like kind of summerly holiday type things together. Uh, but there is a suspicion that this woman is more than she appears. There is a suspicion that she could perhaps be from an older world. She could be perhaps a vampire or some kind of spirit. And uh, there are a lot of allusions to that and a lot of allusions to Jessica's Jessica's mind perhaps playing tricks on her again. And this performance, Blake, is truly some powerful stuff. Zora Lampert is not an actress I was familiar with at all, really. I only knew her from Opening Night, the uh, Cassavetes movie. Yes. And I think she plays the mum in Alphabet City, a movie that I really like that we were just coincidentally talking about earlier. And uh, pops up in a few things here or there. But she's mainly, I think, of that era, uh, from what I understand, a theatrical actress. Yeah. And The other one I was just is... going to call out, Splendor in the Grass, she plays Angelina, is another one that I've seen her in and I vaguely remember her. But I, I she's she's definitely out there. It's funny, we, you know, you talked about one just now and I thought, of, like, Sinister is exactly mm. the same kind of movie as Je Let's Get Jessica to Death by the Sounds of Things in that mm. part of that being on the brink and madness tipping over yeah. before the actual scares come in is a huge part of the success. I, I think that this is a really great film. And uh, she opening night is an interesting movie that she appears in as well because that movie has a ghost story element to mm. it. And it has Jenna Rollins doing her thing, which is basically uh, being on the brink of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think it's a good pairing between those two films. There is a great special feature on here, which is just one that you love to see. You love to see a fan 
gush about a film yes. and this has got the legendary film historian Kim Newman uh, who this is right in his sweet spot he is one of like the go-to guys to do some sort of commentary for horror films uh, he is an absolute legend and one of the great minds and brains in this topic uh, who I greatly admire and in a special feature he says that this is his favorite film of all time oh that's and sick he basically just goes off for like 15 minutes talking about like how this was his introduction to a lot of horror and why it holds like such a special place in his heart. Uh, so this is a very, very surprising winner for me because I didn't even know what it was when I put the disc in yesterday and I was really, really taken by it and really, really swept up by it. This is a fantastic movie, but especially for those that like the ethereal kind of phantasmagoria of a folk horror film, which I certainly do. I can not even imagine how I could possibly top such an emphatic pick of the batch recommendation. That is where the curtains are going to close on this episode of the imprint companion. Lex, you're a legend. Thank you so much guys. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with the second half of the November batch and who knows our show may be renamed to the blues brothers by (laughs) then. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at one Blake minute and Alexi on this is Alexi one heat minute.com for everything else uh, that is produced by my good self. Go and find total reboot podcast, both on Patreon and your favorite podcasting applications for everything that Lex is doing there. And that's it. Hi, this is Blake Howard, host and producer of One Heat Minute Productions podcast. We dive into the great and underappreciated cinematic works, often one minute or one scene at a time. Our crew of guests are some of the most wonderful filmmakers, writers, authors, and critics ever assembled. Our shows include One Heat Minute, Josie and the Podcats, All the President's Minutes, Increment Vice, and right now, Zodiac Chronicle. Check out oneheatminute.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts.